in the cell is going on. Um, this was a title from my late husband. For anyone that's not aware, he was, I was married to him almost 12 years. Uh, he came into my life after I lost my first child, Casey. And, um, we were married, like I said, uh, in the, um, early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, but I want to share what I've been blessed to be given by a Scottish gentleman, Anthony. We had him on a couple of uh, months ago, uh, a Scotland man who's a writer and he's um, published two, uh, three books, excuse me, on Amazon. So he's a writer and he helped accomplish something my husband talked about doing his whole entire, the time I knew him, uh, but he just never got around to it. So Anthony, before he even understood or I told him, I met him and uh, he, uh, you know, did not know Gary had passed away. Uh, and Gary passed away due to abuse of steroids back in his 20s, I found out two days after he passed away. Uh, but he did. Anyway, his legend, his wisdom is amazing. It's totally of our creator. And I told everyone the last five years of his life, uh, he, he's not, he's not a doctor. He went to the UHS, the University of the Holy Spirit. His total wisdom came from our creator, like a broken arm or a cut in the finger. Our body knows what to do. As I said, I was with it by his side for married almost 12. I was uh, by his side for almost 15, you know, traveling the world, doing presentations. So we had a lot of history together and he opened my eyes to the simplicity of the cell. So what I'm wanting to share with everybody today, and I'm really encouraging Anyone that is an editor, a professional editor, this is a rough draft of what Anthony just sent me this morning of what he's put together for my husband because he was doing it even he thought Gary was still alive. He just knew it hadn't been accomplished and he was going to surprise Gary um, as an expert in writing to put it all together. And he sent me a good first 10 chapters of the book that he's putting together as the editor. Um, he says Gary's the author and he's the editor. He just believes in my husband's wisdom and we feel that the world needs to hear this information. So I'm going to read today. I'm going to read the book. I don't think I'm going to get not a lot of it, but I'm going to read some of it. And I'm encouraging anyone that has input to get a hold of us. If you have any, if you have any experience in editing to get a hold of us, because we really want to get this information. Mine and Anthony's heart is to share this with the world because it's simplicity of how our body's innate ability is and the simplicity of the cell. So I'm just going to kind of just read today, but I really think it needs to get out there. Um, so I'm going to start right now. This book is dedicated to the loving memory of Gary Tunsky Jr., who was born on June 22nd, 1960, and he passed away on June 29th of 2019. He was a world-renowned cellular disease specialist who successfully assisted individuals to achieve total health and wellness for over 40 years. Unfortunately, as he abused steroids in his 20s and 30s, he was taken from the world with much still to give before he could complete the book himself. Many of those who used performance-enhancing drugs during the 1980s lost their lives in their 40s, but his wisdom, which was granted to him by our Creator, allowed him to remain with us until the age of 59. And this is going to be the introduction. Um, and like I said, this is all a rough draft, so any input, please contact us, which I'll give our information at the end, because we really want input to make sure the masses um, are aware of the simplicity of healing. And I know PRN talks about it a lot, but this, my husband was just very anointed to, to really make a fourth grader understand this information. So the introduction, as you quietly read these words, a whirl of activity is taking place in every cell of your body. Every second, unseen and unnoticed, millions of new cells are reborn in your body's ceaseless program of self generation. Cells are the bricks and mortar from which all living tissue and organs are made. To understand degenerative and metabolic disease, you must first become familiar with the miniature world of the cell. I would like to introduce you to the revolutionary new field of cytopathy, 
the study of cellular disease. A healthy body is determined by the health of each of its cells. When your guidance and direction, your body's nation of 75 trillion cellular citizens will provide all the necessities for proper health and function of your life, leading to increased vitality and a happier life. Let's explore what in the cell causes disease and how we can reverse it. Chapter one, germs do not cause disease. If germs cause disease, each and every one of us would be dead. Germs are found in our guts, our blood, and every organ of our body. No one is sterile, as Louis Pasteur put it. We each live symbolically, symbolically with billions and billions of bacteria. We have parasites, fungal forms, and viruses everywhere from head to toe. But most of the time, we do not get sick. Western medicine is founded upon the premise that germs cause disease, but this is their biggest mistake. This myth is perpetrated perpetrated through medical school training. In fact, you will not likely pass medical school training unless you accept this dogma because it justifies the prescription of all the antis, antibiotics, antivirals, antifungals, antihistamines, anti-inflammatories, antidepressants, antipsychotics, and anti-means, you know, against. So when you ask your MD what he thinks, remember there's a huge economic industry built around the medical paradigm he has been indoctrinated into. But it has nothing to do with science. Bacteria, fungus, and viral infections are all secondary to sick tissue. The cellular environment of the body will either allow for the incubation of infection or provide healthy cell structures that can ward it off and keep it at bay. So what causes disease? It's the environment. Let's take some examples from nature. You have a kitchen with a sink full of dirty dishes, breadcrumbs on the floor, and honey on your countertops. A bunch of cockroaches and ants come crawling around for lunch. The standard medical doctor's perspective is that the cockroaches and ants are the problem. He will spray them with some pesticides and insecticides, figuring that if it kills them off, the problem's solved. Then, thinking he has fixed the condition, he will leave the room. When he's called back a couple months later, he will wonder why there are twice as many creatures crawling around and suggest some more potent toxic chemicals to make sure he really gets them this time. The problem is he still has left the dishes in the sink. As a naturopath, my husband would say that it's the dirty dishes in the sink and the breadcrumbs on the floor that are the problem. He would clean up the dishes, mop the floor, wipe down the surfaces, and the cockroaches and ants would go to the next door to the to a dirty environment. He also would use analogies in his presentation. You take a stagnant swamp and a vibrant river. A stagnant swamp would breed fungus and algae on the top of its waters. If you look at the flowers and the trees in the background, they would all be dead and necrotic. You have mosquitoes and flies around there, flying around there. Now here, here's an MD. I think it's the mosquitoes and the flies that are the problem and the fungus and the algae on the top of the waters. As a naturopath, he would say it's the stagnant swamp. Now someone's right and someone's wrong. Supposing a person is in an elevator and has mononucleosis. Two people enter, the door shuts, and this guy sneezes on both of them. They go home, one gets mono, the other one does not. Now if it were germ theory, they would both have gotten sick. They would both get sick. Why did the other one not? It's the method of exposure and it's the inner condition of that particular individual upon exposure to that germ. What was his condition at a cellular level? What was his immune system status at the time? What was his oxygen status at the time at a cell level? What was his pH at that time? Was it acid or was it alkaline? What was his nutritional status at that time of exposure to that germ? Was he stressed? Was he calm? Was he exercising? It's the same way in the human body as in the stagnant swamp. There are lots of variables emotionally and physically that we can look at that will determine whether that germ comes in through your mouth or nose or even by touching your fingers will take hold or not. If you have morbid cells and your pH is acidic, 
and you have stagnant blood and stagnant lymph flow like a stagnant swamp, that's like sugar, honey, and white flour to cockroaches. Guess what comes in as scavengers? It's all the parasites and the fungus and the bacteria and the molds that are there because it's the sick cellular environment. They're opportunistic. They're not the cause of disease. They're because of the disease. Big difference. It's not the germ, but the inner condition at a cellular level upon exposure to the germ. Now, I'm on chapter three now. Restore the cell and cure the disease. Our cells are the smallest living element in our body. They group to form tissues, which group to form organs that group to form systems. The endocrine system, the immune system, the neurological system, and what you have and what have you. Together, the systems form the body organism. To figure out how to treat illness, we need to go all the way back to the hierarchy of the fundamental building blocks of life, the scaffolding, which is the cell. If you look at the human body, the nuts and bolts, the bricks and mortar, the composition, it's made of 243 different types of cells. Heart cells make the heart, brain cells make the brain, bone cells make the bone, and you can get into specifics. For example, there are different types of cells in the liver, Kuffner cells, uh, hepatos- hepatocytes, plasma and serum cells make up the blood. We're birthed by the cell. The spark of life originates with two living cells, the male sperm merging the male sperm cell merging with the female egg cell. We are maintained by this at the cellular level by the assimilation of nutrients and detoxification of cellular waste. And in the end, we die by the cell. If you look at the inside of a cell, it's not just a blob of photoplasm that is unintelligent. It is a mini universe that is very complex and intricate. The membrane of the cell transfers information from the outside world to the inside world of the cell, which is the DNA. Cells are multifaceted. Some resemble miniature electrical generators like a lithium battery. They are also manufacturing plants that synthesize hormones, neurotransmitters, proteins, peptides, and life force to run all the functions of the body. These are not just dead chemical reactions that work mechanically. There is and immense intelligence involved. The whole body process is so much more in-depth and complicated than nutritionalists and medical scientists have ever contemplated. The complex universe of the living cell parallels us in many ways. Each of our cells are analogous to the whole of us in micro, micro, microism. For instance, we have internal organs and our cells have many organs called organelles. We have, sin, we have skin that is semi-permeable and our cells have semi-permeable membranes to protect the inside of the cell. We have a skeleton and cells have cytoskeleton that keeps the whole structure expanded in on itself. We need to breathe oxygen through our lungs. Cells breathe in oxygen and respirate too. We have to drink water or face dehydration, and so do our cells. We must ingest nutrients or starve, and cells must absorb nutrients to survive. We must eliminate waste or grow sick, and cells must eliminate waste or grow sick. We conceive children. The cells conceive by splitting and dividing into new cell generations called daughter cells. We communicate through diverse languages like Polish, German, English, and Spanish. And cells have four languages of their own, electromagnetic language, neurotransmitter language, hormonal language, and electrochemical language. The DNA is a coil, electro on one side, magnetic on the other, like an antenna. And the cells are feeding messages, a hundred trillion cells talking to each other like a fiber optic phone system. That's how you move. That's how you think. That's how you write a book. That's how you skate backwards and hit hockey puck at the same time. It's awe inspiring. Just as we individuals form a community throughout the world and each have a purpose to fulfill in society, the hundred trillion cells that form our bodies each have their own function to fulfill within the overall system. If any of these 243 different cells, types of cells are impaired, in their ability to operate, in their ability to operate, then they wouldn't be able to fulfill the role they have in the body, and the body as a whole will suffer. All of your cells store, repair, communicate, and transport. 
Every second of every day, your cells are involved with waste disposal, food production, temperature control, and pH balancing to maintain health and vitality of the body, all dependent on the health and vitality of the cell. As he wrote in his Battle for Health is Over pH book published in 2010, he quoted, A healthy body is determined by the collective health of each one of its cells, All disease originates at a molecular and cellular level, not at the organ or system level, as we're led to believe by Western medicine. The healthy molecular building materials of oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, and nitrogen create healthy cells. Healthy cells create tissues. Healthy cells create healthy organic chemistry. So he said, I would never forget the day when I told, my dad told me, you better be putting some meat on your bones if you're going to play football. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to play. I was one of those skinny runts, 5'7 tall and 102 pounds. So I buried myself in the basement for bodybuilding. Even at 16 years old, something was put inside of me to learn the human biological machine and how it ticks. I started dissecting every magazine, every scientific American, every textbook on physiology and anatomy and physics I could find. As time went on, I excelled at the sport of bodybuilding. I won the Western USA at 21 and moved to Mecca of Bodybuilding in Venice Beach, California. There in the 80s, I learned more working with pro athletes than I ever did with the knowledge from academic textbooks. Most of my knowledge had been completely self-taught. Very few people know that the abuse of steroids was just as prevalent back then as they are now. It just didn't surface in the media until much later. Because I already gained this extensive knowledge in nutritional biochemistry and antibiotic energetic therapies, I started thinking, okay, I can take these athletes under my wing and teach them how to do these drugs correctly so they don't hurt their liver and they won't mess up the hormonal systems or cause toxicity to the body and shut down their gonads with the testosterone. I was looking at the human body like it was an intricate chemistry set. If I could only find the right chemistry to put it in, then I could fix it just the way I wanted to. But I had to learn the hard way. There is no way for bodybuilders to take steroids safely. Careful as we were running body temperature, receptor mapping, and taking every precaution, nothing worked. Whatever I did, I would find that athletes became came down with road rage, depression, suicidal tendencies, and other side effects. I started thinking to myself, why would an increase of testosterone affect emotions? I mean, how could depression come increasing come from increasing a hormone? The answer is that none of the body's hormones work separately. They all work in concert like an orchestra. You can't take testosterone without affecting thyroxine, DHEA, cortisol, estrogen, DHT, and all other hormones. There is no thing, there is no such thing as a safe dosage because you're manipulating hormonal processes. The body needs to produce its own hormones naturally, not artificially. Early on, even as a young kid of 24 years old, I started realizing that you cannot use synthetic chemicals to manipulate human biochemistry without detrimental consequences. The human body in its composition is made of living organic chemistry. It is not designed to receive synthetic chemicals outside of what the body itself is made of. This human biological machine cannot function on synthetic inorganic chemistry. It never has and never will. That's why pharmaceutical chemistry can never work to heal the body, ever. Now we can fix symptoms with Western medicine and it can symptoms suppress at a cellular, at the cellular level, but the pharmaceutical drug or even a vaccination because it's synthetic can never work in a human because it's rejected as foreign antigen. Antigens are toxins or foreign substances which induce an immune response in the body. The drug will manipulate cell processes in order to speed them up or slow them down, but the consequence of manipulating one cell process is that they all get manipulated because the cells talk to each other. The cell rejects the chemical as a foreign substance as a poison and lets out a cry of pain. You manipulate one system over here and you throw off four more their homeostatic, homeostatic balance over there, just like I did, he did with the bodybuilding. That's where you get side effects. All drugs have side effects, as we know, but the reality is when you have side effects, what you have actually are just direct effects. 
the direct effect of putting synthetic antigens into the body. This could not have been made more clear than when the Upjohn company known as Pfizer found that their drug minoxidil originally manufactured to lower blood pressure grew hair back in some balding patients. This simply switched the marketed effect for what had previously been considered the side effect, and they had a drug for balding, which just so happened to lower blood pressure. I sometimes say in my presentations that pharmaceuticals don't cause side effects, they cause diseases. If you have a headache and you take codeine, then you get a bleeding ulcer as an aggravated side effect. You just gave yourself another disease. If you have fluid retention due to dehydration and you take a diuretic drug that vacuums out all your potassium and electrolytes and that then triggers a cardiac arrest or uh, fibrillations, all we can say is that the diuretics you were prescribed just cause a new disease. And if another round of pills is needed to treat those side effects, then so much better for the drug manufacturers. The thing is, the university professors can't very well tell the med students, hey, you're going to get direct effects. You're going to be giving your patients diseases by prescribing them these pharmaceutical compounds. So they have to tell them to just look out for the side effects. Side effects are necessary for therapeutic value. That's what's instilled in the students at med school. We have our own bacteria in our gut called acidophilus, bifidus, lactobifilus, salivarous, and what have you. There are 14 strains of the good bacteria, five pounds of it in our gut that keep the bad bacteria in check like foxes and rabbits. Antibiotics don't just kill microorganisms which are harmful to us, but the good bacteria which are meant to keep them in check and help us digest compounds we couldn't otherwise metabolize. This is now accepted science. Changing the numbers and species of gut flora can also reduce the body's ability to ferment carbohydrates and metabolize bioacids. Antibiotics have also bred these new drug-resistant bacteria that are difficult to treat with medications. You allow those virulent strains to take over because the good bacteria that is meant to keep them in check is killed in the process of fighting the bad with drugs. Intestinal diseases like colitis, irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease were all relatively uncommon before the use of antibiotics became widespread. Chances are they can be caused by too many bouts of antibiotics destroying the microbiome, which is the collection of good bacteria that live on the inside of the human body. You do not want to take antibiotics unless you absolutely have to. The bacteria they kill are nature's garbage men. We need them. What you want are probiotics, not antibiotics. The word anti means what? Against. The drug names in the allopathic medicine, again, antipsychotics, anticholinergic, anti-inflammatories, anti-bio-life, anti-life. Antibiotics, antihistamines, anti-inflammatories, antidiuretics, decongestants, protease inhibitors, calcium channel blockers, beta blockers. You don't want to block the self-healing system. You want to go with it to enhance the healing. Okay, chapter five, um, treat the symptom or treat the cause. When I teach medical doctors, I often kid around telling them, unless you learn about the cell and the cellular malfunctions happen, then you're just a symptomologist. Unless you look to the etiology of disease process, meaning the cause and origin of sickness, you're going to drug, drug, cut, burn, poison, symptoms, and the patient will remain sick. Allopathic doctors are looking at symptoms and thinking they are diseases themselves, so naturally they're trying to make them disappear. The cell becomes manipulated with the chemistry, and yes, the headache or the rash may fade, but what you're really wipe, what are you really wiping out? What you had with the symptom was just the warning signal, a cellular scream, if you will. When you wipe out the symptoms of a condition without addressing the underlying cause, you make the patient sicker. The cellular malfunctions remain intact, but the wire that powered the warning light has been cut. It'd be like going to your car and you get in, turn on the engine, you see a blinking oil light. You look at the engine and say, no, I think it's the light. That's what I see blinking. If I get rid of the light, I can fix the engine, right? So you take a piece of scissors out and snip the wire and really believe your engine is fixed and you keep driving. What will happen to your car? 
If you keep going on like that, you will need a whole new engine before long, but it's great for the mechanic. The mechanic says it's the nature of the car to break down. The car is getting old. That's what doctors think about you. So they snip your headache with an allergist, an, an allergist, analogist, whatever it is. Next, they snip your angina pain with nitroglycerin under the tongue. Next, they snip your inflammation with anti-inflammatory. Next, they snip the pain in your toe, your gout system, your gout symptoms with either oxycodone, uh, fioracet or codeine. Next, what did they just do? They kill the symptom while allowing you to get sicker. Before long, another office visit, another prescription, another MRI, another CAT scan, another x-ray. The cellular screams keep getting louder and louder, and the cellular engines have degenerated more and more, but they keep cutting the wire and snipping the warning lights off again by upping the dose or giving you two drugs instead of one. You're wondering why you just keep getting sicker and sicker no matter how many meds you take. Pretty soon, you're in hospice. They kill the symptoms by killing you. Is that science? What's scientific about that? The cell is still dehydrated. The cell is still toxic. The cell is still immunosuppressed. The cell still can't, the cell, the cell still lack of oxygen. The cell still has blood flow problems that the drug didn't address. The cell still has lymphatic flow problems. Naturopathic doctors should be looking to say, how can I fix the cellular malfunction so the symptoms no longer manifest in the first place? You can use Hawthornberry or CoQ10 and you can make the patient feel better. But unless you address the underlying condition of the cells, you're still in the same pathway as the mainstream doctors. You use an herb or a biotanical or homeopathic remedy to do it instead. My passion to teaching naturopaths that we need, we have to get got to be true healers, not just symptomologists. As naturopaths, we want to look at how we can deal with the symptoms and comfort the patient, but at the same time, fix their cellular malfunctions themselves. Naturopathic medicine is a fantastic profession to go into because there are an increasing number of people who are tired of getting drug cut, burned, and poisoned to make their symptoms go away while their underlying conditions grow worse. They are looking for an alternative type of treatment, which they know must exist, but has been hidden from them. Academia has the money and the marketing. They spend billions on advertising drugs and medical interventions. They indoctrinate people with false information and poor research into making bad choices for themselves and their loved ones. But given the alternative of non-toxic, non-invasive natural treatment protocols to get to the root of the cause of the disease rather than simply masking the symptoms, many people are ready to adopt a paradigm shift that will change their lives. And this is chapter six titled, There is No Such Thing as a Drug Deficiency. Everyone on the planet has got a doctor inside that can heal him. But the only way it's going to be stimulated is when you remove the toxic sludge from the body and then use the blood and the lymph to restore the cells. The miracle is that when you do that, the symptoms go away. A headache is the warning signal of an underlying disease process taking place at the cellular level. So instead of looking at how we get rid of the headache, we should be looking to clean up the body and remove the underlying cause. I would use natural things like white willow bark or brown willow or feverfew to provide a comfort or relief to the patient. But in the meantime, what's causing the headache? Was it a drug deficiency? Was it a drug deficiency that was causing your problems? A headache is not caused by ibuprofen or codeine deficiency. So while taking a pill might make the symptom go away, it will not remove the underlying cause, which is bound to escalate, leading to more symptoms if not addressed. When you're depressed, you don't have a Prozac deficiency. When you have acid reflux, you don't have a Nexium deficiency. High blood pressure is not caused by a lisinopril or amlodipine deficiency. But that's how they teach MDs. A pill for every ill, a drug for every bug, a vaccine injection for every infection, chemotherapy and radiation for every mutation, and when in doubt, cut it out. In their world, your natural body makes mistakes. 
and they need to come along with the right synthetic chemicals to fix it or perhaps you have one too many body parts and something needs removing. That is what they're taught for eight years in medical school. So I want to encourage you in here to look at it from another perspective. Everything that's been taught by treating diseases in allopathic Western medicine is a lie because everything they use is immunosuppressive. Pharmaceuticals, immunosuppressive. Antibiotics, immunosuppressive. Chemotherapy cocktails, immunosuppressive. Radiation, immunosuppressive. Anesthesia with surgical procedures, immunosuppressive. So on one hand, you need your immune system to fight opportunistic opportunistic infections. And on the other hand, everything they use wipes it out. The synthetic chemistry running into the cell from pharmaceutical drugs does not contain anything the cell needs to heal itself. It has no living elements to it. The cell is sitting there looking at this drug coming in and saying, I run on water. Hey, drug, where's your water? The cell is saying, hey, I run on oxygen. Where's your oxygen drug? Where's your amino acids drug? Where's your vitamins drug? Where's your minerals I can use? Where's your enzymes? Where's your antioxidants? Where's your phytonutrients? Where's your chlorophyll? Where's your photon light from the sun? The drugs say, I can't give you anything. Then why are you here? Because the drug companies told me to be. Now, it's all about genetics. When all their treatments fail to save you, they'll say, bad luck, it must be in your genes. That's what the problem is. It's not your diet or the fact you don't exercise or take the right supplements or the fact that they are constantly pumping toxic chemicals into your air, food, water supply. It's not their toxic drugs that mask your symptom while your underlying condition deteriorates. It's bad genes. That's because they're setting up for genetic engineering. They're going to be charging you 20 grand for a gene splice. Bruce Lipton, a PhD, found that genetics are not the cause of disease. The Biology of Belief book is the title of his book. The Biology of Belief is the title of his book. In it, he explains that it is the environment and what the genes have been hit with. What's been said to you that day, what's been done to you that day, your nutritional status that day, your hydration status that day, hitting the gene so it's a gene expression. It's a negative expression on the gene, not the gene itself. Biochemistry orchestrates genetics by way of phenomenon called epigenetics, the activation and deactivation of genes according to your behaviors and environment that affect the way your genetic code manifests without any change to an underlying DNA sequence. The same genes and genetic effects can be turned off or on, yet when their treatments fail, they pawn it off on us again saying it's all in the genes. I call it the Calvin Klein theory of health and disease. We know from epigenetic research of Dr. Joe Wallach, DVMND, that mineral deficiencies are directly related to gene expression. He is a biomedical research pioneer who spent more than 40 years observing and researching the effects of individual nutrients on health. He discovered that many conditions that were thought to be genetic could be prevented by mineral treatments on the mother in the mouth are on the mother in the months leading up to pregnancy or birth. They were congenital or perinatal disorders caused by mineral deficiencies if in the mother and the baby. Francis Crick, who won the Nobel Prize for discovering the structure of DNA along with James Watson and Maurice Wilkins, was blackballed from the scientific community because he said that decoding gene sequences is a waste of time as the roots of disease are are biochemical rather than genetic. If he were right, that would mean the medical industry was pouring billions into genetic researching for nothing. If your doctor tells you that your disease is genetic, try this. Ask him to tell you exactly what gene is responsible for your condition. Now that will really stump him. Unless it's Huntington's disease, he won't be able to do it. That's one of the very few examples after decades of gene hunting. They have found hundreds of genes that may be correlated with schizophrenia, but just having these genes offer them nothing in the way of being able to predict who will actually develop schizophrenia or who won't. There are genes that appear to predispose people to depression, but whether they actually suffer from depression or not, 
hangs more on having traumatic life events like the loss of a loved one, a major car accident, parental abuse and neglect, etc. It's not the genes. That's just a way of saying it's outside of your control. So you have no choice but to pay for their expensive treatments. But this belief appeals to many patients as well as doctors, because if they don't have any control over it, then you don't need to change their unhealthy habits. There's nothing they can do to fix it. They just need to call in the experts to take care of them. Based on many years of research in disease pathology, I would estimate that genetic predispositions, congenital deformities, and permanent organ injuries account for approximately only 5% of the health problems that plagues America. The other 95% of man's diseases arise from cellular toxicities and nutritional insufficiencies. The causes include an impoverished diet, continuous exposures to environmental poisons, food and beverage contaminants, and overabundance of chemicals absorbed through the skin, such as chlorine, fluoride, water pollutants, the seemingly unlimited invisible toxins found in many hygiene products, cosmetics, and household cleaners, and what have you. And I'm going to put something, I'm going to add something to this part. (laughs) The number one blood toxicity, the life of the flesh is in the blood, are the vaccinations. You know, we're all about exposing the poison in vaccinations. And that's what I had to learn, of course, the hardest way possible. First child. Anyway, um, so uh, where was I? Hold on one second. I got to make sure my battery's charging. Okay, we're good. There is one thing I will stick up for, though. In the medical trauma crisis realm, you do not come to me as a naturopath for cauterizing hemorrhages. I don't do skin grafting for you if you burn your arm. I don't do microsurgery. If you cut your finger off or a brand, on a bandsaw, you don't look at me. If you have a 95% blockage in your coronary arteries, you don't come to me for that. You don't come to me if you need an aortic dissection. In naturopathy, that's out of our realm. Western medicine has the greatest trauma-type crisis care centers in the world which are needed for people. That's what they're trained in. And that's the area of medicine is absolutely necessary for people. If your organ is so deteriorated that it has to be cut out, you go to mainstream hospital. And if you have a tumor growing so fast that it's impinging on a vital organ, I can't help you with that because my treatments are too slow. The mainstream doctors have to go in and debunk it and shrink it down to the manageable size to buy me some time. You cannot tackle something that severe with holistic or natural medicine. So there is a complement between the two sciences as far as allopathic and naturopathic go. You go to the hospital for surgical procedures, but when it comes to diseases, you don't go to an MD. You go to a naturopath, a nature ND, and make sure it's a good one because you must use non-toxic, non-invasive natural treatment protocols to fix the cells. I want to warn you ahead of time so you don't end up seeing a naturopath who with the best intentions falls into treating people in the same way as the mainstream doctors do. I had a lot of experience with treatment, and I used to do the same thing in my early years. I used to take the symptom and just knock it out with a natural system symptom suppressant, but I but I never fixed the underlying condition until I started to detoxify the body. If you just keep band-aiding the symptom with natural substances while the toxic elements that participated precipitated your condition remains in place, your overall health will continue to deteriorate. What the mainstream doctors have to understand is that every single disease process stems in the body at the cell level, not at the organ level or the system level. You can't treat the area the area where that disease appears to manifest because everything is systemic. You have to clean out the body from head to toe. Okay, chapter seven. By the way, this is the first time I'm reading what Anthony sent me, so we will be making my own edits as I, you know, continue on, but I'm reading it with everybody listening because I want you to see what we're working on to get out to the masses in simplicity. This is number seven, chapter seven, the one disease with many symptoms. When we look at the different diseases that people contract, what we are seeing are a variety of cellular functional disorders. One disease is being repackaged in 12,000 different ways. Let me repeat that. There is only one disease, cellular malfunction. There is no thing, such thing as diabetes or arthritis or heart disease and Parkinson's disease. 
Parkinson's disease. First of all, Parkinson's is not even a disease. It's the name of a doctor. Dr. Parkinson discovered the symptoms of festination shuffling gait in 1902. And he labeled those symptoms as a disease after his name. Lou Gehrig's a baseball player. Hashimoto's a Japanese scientist. None of these are diseases, but the medical industry has to do something to make you believe that they're all different diseases so they can make a big business out of them. Fibromyalgia is not a disease. Fibro means fibrin. My is muscle. Algia is pain. Put them all together and you get pain in the muscle fiber. The name is describing what the patient is experiencing, which is muscle pain. Pain is not a disease, it's a symptom, a symptom of cellular malfunction. Arthritis is not a disease. Arthro means joint, itis means inflammation of. How can inflammation of a joint be a disease? That's the symptom of a cellular malfunction in the elbow. It's called the synovial fluid, fluid cellular malfunction. We have been told that hypertension causes high blood pressure. That's impossible. Hyper means high and tension means pressure. How can high blood pressure cause high blood pressure? Osteoporosis means porous, brittle bone. Next time you have a doctor's appointment, try saying, hey, doc, how can brittle bone cause brittle bone? All you That's all you have to ask him. Anytime you're talking about a disease in conversation, what you're talking about is a cellular malfunction of one kind or another. When you talk about diabetes, you're talking about a beta cell malfunction in the pancreas. When you talk about anemia, you're talking about a red blood cell malfunction. When you talk about leukemia, you mean white blood cell malfunction. If you have a cell malfunction in your mitochondria, then you wind up with chronic fatigue. When you talk about heart disease, cardiomyopathy, even myocardial infarction, or any of the trash can labels they give heart disease, including congestive heart failure, what are you actually talking about? You're talking about a cardiomyocyte malfunction, heart cell malfunction. When you're talking about acid reflux, GERD, which is gastro gastroesophageal reflux disease, if you're talking about a parietal cell malfunction in the stomach, you're not producing enough hydrochloric acid, so you get these burning pains. When you talk about AIDS, what are you talking about? A T lymphocyte cell malfunction. When you're talking about Parkinson's, what are you talking about? It's a substantia nigra cell malfunction that doesn't produce dopamine for motor skill. It's so simple when you look at it from this perspective. This is the elegant simplicity of a unified theory in the field of cytopathy. Cytopathy, the new disease science that is not yet taught in any university. They teach cytology the structure and function of the cell, but not cytopathy. There's a big difference. The study of cytopathy is the study of the cellular disease. When you fix the cellular malfunction in your joints, your arthritis pain and inflammation goes away. When you fix the heart cells, your heart arrhythmia palpitations go away. When you fix the DNA mutations, tumors disappear. When you fix the toe, wash the toe with the uric acid crystals on the toe, the gout symptoms go away. Does this all make sense? Does this give you a bigger picture of disease etiology? When massive amounts of cells malfunction, your malfunction as a whole, the simple outside the box understanding is that this one disease, cellular malfunction, manifests as a variety of seemingly Individual cellular functional disorders, as I call them, or CFDs for short. The one disease is masquerading as multiple thousands of them. Anywhere you look in the body to find disease, you would find cellular malfunctions caused by two inter interrelated factors. Again, com compounding toxicities around the cell coupled with multiple nutritional insufficiencies to the cell. Toxins enter the body and compound in the tissues and we gather deficiencies or one or more of the nutrients that the body requires to function at its full potential. That's it. There is an emotional element to it as well, of course. There are physical toxins, emotional toxins, and there's spiritual toxins. There's physical nourishment, soul nourishment, and nourishment to the emotions. But as your emotions arise partly out of the condition of the cells in the body, we can partly account for so-called mental illnesses in terms of cellular malfunctions too. When you have neurotransmitter imbalances, you can get schizophrenia or dementia or anything 
may call a mental illness. What will, what would depression be called? Serotonin cell malfunction. Moods and feelings have changed from the dysfunction in the signaling pathways. So it's just the imbalance of cellular engines of the brain not producing their neurotransmitters. You can try to meditate, excuse me, you may, you can try to medicate these things with pharmaceuticals, but as I discovered when I was working with bodybuilders, you can't do that without creating a mess somewhere else. Serotonin impacts your entire body. Your sleeping, eating, digestion, immune system. You can't just manipulate it to change your mood without suffering damage to the overall balance of your body. You can detoxify physically, detoxify emotionally, detoxify spiritually, and nourish physically, nourish, nourish physically, nourish emotionally, and nourish spiritually. Here's the miracle. Your depression goes away. This unified theory in the field of cytopathy brings an island of clarity in the sea of confusion. Unfortunately, we will have to cut through all the fragmented compartmentalized information, misinformation, and disinformation that's out there to get to the truth. Otherwise, it's very confusing. You click on the radio show and they're talking about how diseases caused by infection. Then you ask another expert and they say it's the immune system suppression that causes illness. Then another says you're just dehydrated. Another says it's a growth hormone. Another says, no, 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 it's nutritional deficiencies. Which is it? It's all of them. But they all derive from the same underlying cause. What do people with Parkinson's disease often? Why do people with Parkinson's disease often get dementia in the advanced stages? Why do more than a third of them get depression and anxiety? Why do they get sensory sleep and emotional problems? It's because there aren't actually different diseases, but the cascading consequences of the same underlying disease progressing. The patient first got ill with Parkinson's, but this prop, this wasn't treated properly treated, so the underlying condition got worse, and this manifested into more symptoms. But the doctors still don't know how to treat the underlying cause, so it got worse again after that. When each condition is seen as separate, it needs its own medication with its own side effects that may also require treatment. One blood pressure medication, one for the heart, one arthritis medicine, one anti-inflammatory, one antidepressant, one pain medication, one for your insomnia, a pill for every ill. When you realize there is only one common cause to it all, that all symptoms arise out of the underlying cellular condition of the body, then that is what you treat. We treat the underlying cause and it's all and all its outward manifestations will disappear. And then chapter eight, I don't know if we have enough time to go through all of them, so we might have to continue next week because we have about three more minutes. Um, this one's accumulating toxins. Most people die of disease, but that wasn't always the case. Something arrived on this planet around 1930 has never previously been, been seen before. The chemical industry were developed. The chemical industries. Fast forward almost a century, we've allowed so many synthetic chemicals into our soil, food, water, air, beverages that the body's natural detoxification systems are having a hard time coping with. And then, of course, again, vaccinations. We've increased the number of vaccines tremendously. We will be adding to that. Um, but anyway, I think I'm going to uh, stop here, actually. We'll, and like I said, we'll continue next week unless we have Brother Brandon or someone else as a guest. But I, I really want to get through this so you guys can hear this because we're, we're, we're making – we're going to perfect this to really continue this wisdom out because it really – it makes people understand the simplicity of everything. And just so everyone knows, um, after Gary passed away, uh, I don't even know if Gary Knoll with Progressive Radio Network even knows because I just noticed on the website when I went there to see if the show was on today that he still has it listed with me and Gary Tunsky, so I have to correct that. Um, so, uh, you know, I have taken the baton. You know, Gary's been gone a little over two years now, and – I prayed. I didn't expect him, to, his heart to stop from the abuse of steroids. Um, I prayed and I said, Father, you know I'm willing and able to continue if you'll have me. I've been by his side for 15 years. I coach his patients through our 21-day cellular cleanse. Um, you know, I did presentations with him for 15 years. So even though I'm just the mom, I've still, you know, been given a lot of wisdom on the simplicity of the cell and how to fix any type of cellular malfunction, which is due to, of course, compounding toxicities and compounding insufficiencies, as Gary's very clearly explaining. Um, so 
there are solutions to all of them, and that's kind of what I've continued uh, doing is, you know, we're still promoting our 21-day cleanse. And we'll talk more about that. I only have a little bit more to read, but I just wanted to, like I said, let people know that I am continuing um, helping people get well. Uh, Fava's brought me many things since Gary's passing um, to even make it better make the cleanse better. Uh, we're now using Dr. True's Mother Earth Minerals, which are the elemental nutrients, the organic foods are lacking. Uh, we're using those in our cleanse and for our phase two. So I'll go more into what we're doing. I really don't think people that are listening to our show now or maybe later understand what we actually provide. So I really want to cover that as well, maybe in the next show, or like I said, when we just don't have a guest, I want to just let everybody know so you know you know, what we can help you with. Um, and then one other thing I want to comment on before I do the closing statement is I know Brother Brandon was given some vision on what was going on in the world to, you know, last week expose what's maybe going to happen, you know, yesterday or today. Uh, it's not if, it's when, people. You know what's going on in the world today. We know it's going to happen. I have it on the front page of our website, the Rockefeller Playbook Phase 3. So we all know it's coming, okay? They're already, they're already, uh, I'm taking pictures of signs. You know, you if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And if you're not, you have to wear a mask. I mean, fully, I mean, it's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. And we all know it's coming, but we don't know when, of course, when we made that clear last week. So please don't consider us false prophets. Just know we're just sharing information and wisdom with you on what's going on in the world. This is the real news. So please share our show with whoever you know to keep you updated. Um, I kind of look at Brother Brandon as a co-host of mine now because he knows he he stays on top of everything and he knows the word like the back of his hand, breaking it down to that original language. And we're discovering the mysteries of scripture and tying it into what's going on today. So please let everybody know about our show Thank you for taking the time today and please tune in next week for whatever we have, whether it's a continuation of this book that we're putting together or even, you know, another guest. I'm not sure Father's plan, but his will be done always, not mine. Anyway, thank you for listening. You're listening to Vic Fellowship and our, again, our shows can be accessed on the front page of our vacinfo.org website on the belly of a little boy flexing his muscles and i did want to let everybody know too last week i didn't know i didn't even think to tell you about the direct podcast that prn has put together for us and that's what in the cell dot podbean with an n podbean.com what in the cell dot podbean.com dot com um, that's where when you click on the belly of a little boy, that's the website that comes up. They put together and they record, um, this show. And once I send them the description, of course, it's uploaded to that Podbean page where you can listen to it later, share it with people, download it. So that's a direct link in case my website's down or something. Anyway, <laughs> so we're on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Our contact number is 954-347-9671. We thank Progressive Radio Network for allowing us to give you this uncompromised truth, and ya bless.